Hey, what is up, everyone? Chris Manning here from the Locked on Cavs podcast with my co-host, Evan Damrell. Today on the show, it is a mailbag day. We're taking your questions about Evan Mobley and the rookie wall, new 10-day signee Moses Brown, Kevin Love's future, off-season MLE targets, and more. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A few housekeeping notes, as always, before we dive too deep into the show. First, I want to thank you for making Locked On Cavs your first listen every day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms. Also, I want to shout out Richard, listener Richard S. from Vermont, who sent the podcast a lovely email. Oh yeah, Chris forwarded this to me and never replied, it ruled. Saying he enjoys the show, how much he enjoys it. Um, Richard, shouts to you. Focus, we, I want to focus on positive vibes, positive interaction with the listeners who um, you know, aren't just like mad for whatever reason. So, salute to Richard, my new favorite listener of the podcast so shots to him and if you're joining us for the first time i'm chris it's kind of messed up if your family listens to the podcast like what if your mom listens to the with so much pride and joy and hears that tomorrow there's a zero percent chance my mother has ever listened to an episode of lockdown calves love love she's telling you love patricia but you know tough look but if you're just joining us for the first time i i hope your significant other evan one day just looks at you and just says evan cut cut your crap because I don't know how she. I don't know how you're much much better half deals with you. Anyway, if you're just joining us for the first time. It's I'm Chris. I cover the whole Manning clans at the wedding, and I just point to her and just go, and she comes out to the dance floor with me. Okay, if you're just joining us for the first time, that's Evan. He covers the cats primarily for Facebook's right on Euclid. I cover. I'm Chris. I cover the cats for Dime on Uprock through the Sword and elsewhere. As I mentioned, we're going to take questions. So Evan, let's start with a question from Jacob Linkus on Twitter. Jacob asked, with Jared Allen out, do you think Mobley will skate past the rookie wall with more offensive responsibility, or does it make the rookie wall even worse? What do you think about this? So that's actually a pretty good question, and I'm working on something for RDE, write down Euclid if you're a non-subscriber, if you will, about how this is more of an opportunity for Mobley to level up. I know he was asked about this, golly, a while back. Well, he he's said, been asked about it like every every game. For well, the he's last, been asked like, about week. it a lot lately. But when he was first asked about it, it was a while ago, and he said the rookie wall is more of a state of mind, and he didn't believe in it. And then JP Bickerstaff kind of scoffed at that notion and said, "No, oh, no, the rookie wall is a real thing." And then most of his teammates said, "Yeah, it's definitely a real thing where your body just isn't used to like playing an eighty-two game season." And then I think we saw him saw him show signs of fatigue towards the All Star break and maybe a little bit after as well. But I think. He'll get past it. You know, the Moses Brown signing, um, we're recording this right after the news itself was kind of broken by Shams Charania. Um, it'll help at least. It's more so to help out Ed Davis and his weary 32 year old bones, which is weird to think that Ed Davis is only three years older than us, Chris. I thought he'd be like almost hey, 40. I, he's that, that's four years older than me, brother. I'm not whatever. Yet. Either way, um, I don't know if he will hit a wall. He's gonna probably gonna hit some roadblocks and some stumbles. There's gonna be some bad nights. There's gonna be some good nights. Like I think, 
Miami on Saturday or Friday will be an interesting matchup. I think Chicago on Saturday will be as well for him. It's intri- I'm intrigued to see how those teams kind of defend him as those two kind of gear up for the playoffs in general. Like the Bulls are on a bit of a slide, so we'll see how that goes too. But um, I view this more as an opportunity for him to level up his game. He traditionally played the five in college. J.D. Vickerstaff said they're going to be using him a lot more in pick and rolls as a lob threat. Kind of just in certain packages they utilize Jared Allen, and I think that's just only going to add his offensive game and probably boost those scoring numbers. But in the win on Tuesday, you really saw some things from him that you're like, oh, that kind of pops a little bit. Like the Dean Laid lob is still really stuck in my head. Like, Darius Garland's career-defining, like, superstar night kind of overshadowed how awesome Evan Mobley was throughout that game, and Mm -hmm. I I just, I don't really view it more as a wall, I view this more as an opportunity for him to level up his game further. Yeah, I I think that's right. I think, like, the rookie wall has hit him to some degree. Like, he doesn't look to have the same exact energy level for a whole game that he had a while ago, and I think that is natural in an 82-game season that literally grinds you down. And it's, it is about surviving. It is about making it through to the end as fresh as you possibly can. And, and this is just we're at this first time he's gone through this. This makes sense to me. Um, I, I think we have, though, and I think that you have the correct point, is that like you're going to see him push through some stuff just by the fact that he is going to do more on offense. Plays like him bringing up the ball and setting up that lob, like you mentioned, the post fadeaway he's hit, and he's got kind of clearly going to that late in the shot clock when he when he mm-hmm. is has the ball in his hands late in the shot clock, and he's he, and he's in the he's post or the mid post. Trying to add a three point shot to his profile and repertoire, it's not falling, but it's encouraging to see him kind of take that with confidence. Let me just go ahead, mm-hmm. just my yeah. interjection. No, it's okay, it's good. These are signs that I think we're going to see him make positive impacts. And I think whatever version of his rookie wall is, I think it is more of a fatigue thing. I think like his free throw shooting numbers dipping just a bit. I think um, his his overall free field goal percentage dipping a little bit is sort of indicative of that. I, I think that's true. I think I, what I would also say is let's watch his usage rate in this context. So against Toronto, when Allen gets hurt and then he kind of takes over in that game. 25.3% usage rate, which is which is uh, above his season average of 19.5. Against Indiana, it was back down to 20.3. So I, I want to see Evan the next couple weeks. Does his usage and how much he's being featured in the offense a tilt up towards more towards, up towards like 25% more regularly, particularly if Garland isn't like dropping 40 and 10 every night, which he's not going to do. And a what does this mean for him on both ends? Like, does it what is it? add to is what do we see him add to offense does it take away from the defense at all how does he sustain these last like 17 or so games of the season into the playoffs that that is where i think i i wonder about this and i want to see how this give and take of what they're going to ask from him asking him to adapt his role from what it's been in this non-jared allen reality and, and see where that takes him it will tell us some interesting things as we think about what evan is right now and and maybe some of the potential of, of what he could be going forward well, it's tough at 29 years old. I think my potential's tapped out. But Evan Mobley, though, um, not you know you you the sky. Look, the ceiling is the roof. I do have some. I do have some. I do have some high ceilings at my place. A little preview of what my roof ceiling looks like, folks, in my very white apartment with a brick finish that I did myself. Um, uh huh. Yeah, no, I laid it brick by brick. Finnegan was the overseer. But either way, yeah, I agree. I, I wonder if he's going to hit maybe a wall as well just because J.B. Bickerstaff has a propensity to shorten his rotations at times. I think 
I wonder how he leans on Dean Wade and Lamar Stevens and players of that ilk, even Moses Brown as well, because I think he's going to have to get at least maybe six, seven minutes minimum a night just with the Cavs. Like, you don't expect much out of 10-day guys. This is a signing that clearly says, like, okay, we don't want to maybe burn. Hopefully, in my eyes at least, it means, okay, we don't want to burn out Evan Mobley necessarily because we're going to be leaning on him quite heavily. And he was leaned on quite a bit by bigger staff in the Cavs for the better part of the technical first half, really the first two-thirds of the season. And I'm interested to see how he's utilized down the stretch because, like you said, his numbers are kind of looking a little bit average. But I am at early where they've been all season. But I I expect it to there we go, expect it to increase as time goes on. Uh, if maybe if they increase, he can get the the clutch. Did you see the clutch points, uh, Darius like stock graphic? Did you see that? The stonks graphic, I love yeah, it. Yeah, Darius Garland. I want I want the Evan Mobley version of that. Um, all right. After the break, we're gonna turn our attention to another topic which is kevin love and and what his future going to be i i will get to moses brown we're going to talk about him because there was already a question about him but like i he's to me still not the the thing i want to lead with on this show frankly to be kind of transparent about it but evan first is going to tell everyone about our friends at bet online uh you are correct and the copy is fresh and hopefully i don't mess this one up it's that time of year again folks as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us does not count if akron doesn't make it though mind you from all the latest odds contests and player props BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering and information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about their trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Chris, we got a new sponsor, though, and I'm excited for you to tell them all about us. You're, you're welcome. First, I'm going to tell everyone about our new friends from Athletic Greens, a product I've literally begun to use oh, every single day because they sent us some, and I wanted to take control of my health. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, oh, you're absorbing 75 quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, or superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients to support your gut health, the nervous system, and much, much more. It's lifestyle friendly, so whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, it's right for you. It contains one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good. It costs you less than $3 a day, and you're investing in your health. And it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's getting cheaper. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You are investing in an all-in-one nutritional product trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a one-year free free supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash NBA Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash NBA Network to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. Back here on the Lockdown Cavs podcast, I'm Chris. That's Evan. Evan, if you saw and watched the video, he's got his. He's got it right there. They send us these nice containers. Make it's a scoop. Stuff. Make a scoop first thing in the morning. And folks, I want to thank you all for making Lockdown Cavs your first listen. And with your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And also, we're at 1.31,000, so 1,310 subscribers on YouTube right now. If you get us to 1,500 by the end of next week, 
I will do a dry swallow of Athletic Greens with water, of course, to get my full boost to show you how healthy and nutritious it is live on camera. That is a promise. I'm, I'm about to make a lot of burners just, just so we can see that. Okay. Uh, next question comes from it looks Nick. looks like. There's the good stuff. It is. The ad's done, Evan. Anyway, next question comes from Nick. He said, loves the show. My question is, where do you think Evan Mobley's ceiling is? And how much money do you think Kevin Love would would be as a would get as a free agent uh, next summer? I think the Mobley thing is just sort of quick. I think he is could be one of the best players in the league at his peak. Mm-hmm. He's on path to be one of the very best defenders in the league. Full stop. Uh, so like maybe this is the guy that can mm-hmm. be in an MVP race one day and consistently an all defense level guy who contends for defensive player maybe wins that award. Is there anything you would add to that, Evan? No, I just think it's it speaks volumes to his overall just potential because. There was a healthy discussion on whether or not he has a chance to kind of be considered for Defensive Player of the Year. And I know people will say maybe he's not necessarily the best defender on the Cavs overall. Like, you look at Jared Allen just in terms of paint defense, look at Isaac Okoro in terms of perimeter defense. Like, Mobley is a little bit of the cohesion of those two where he's just solid all around. I absolutely agree with Chris's assessment that he has all defensive potential. He should be considered for that. I think def- that's more realistic than Defensive Player of the Year for Evan Mobley because... Bob Williams with the uh, with the with the Celts, he's my pick. But um, I could see MVP caliber in his future. If you had to ask me for like a nebulous like comparison, like you get shades of Kevin Garnett because that's how JP Bickerstaff likes to utilize him on defense. You get a lot of Chris Boshy vibes on offense sometimes too. But I'm curious to see maybe if you ask me this question in next year around this time, or maybe even in third year of his rookie contract, like. We'll probably have a clear idea of maybe where he's headed, but the sky's the limit for whatever Mobley's potential is. So I don't necessarily want to put a cap on it. Yeah, so I, I think the more urgent question here is, is the Kevin Love part of it. So It is. Evan, my, my answer is also just that I don't really have a clear idea. I just am not at a point with Kevin Love. As good as he's been this year, as fun as his comeback has been, that I don't think it makes a ton of sense to really think too hard about his future beyond next year until we get there and see how next season plays out. Let, let us remind everyone, Kevin Love is going to be 34 at the start of next season. He will be 35 when a theoretical next contract with the Cavs would start. And while this year has been a bounce back, I think you would just want to see this this a certain level, like see if he can maintain this level of play next year and see where he's at physically, all that stuff, and see what he wants as, as far as what he wants from a basketball perspective going forward. He's also going to be in a spot financial where he is going to have made a lot of money. This this contract he's on is going to be the big contract of his career. I would be surprised. I mean, there's just no way he's getting a, a deal of this size again. He's made a lot of money, and, and the Cavs will likely have these other financial considerations that will play into this. So Darius Garland is going to have a new deal. I, I, I He's getting a max. That's going to start. Yeah. You maybe we'll see what have something happen with Sexton. Maybe something happens with Karis LeVert. There's going to be $20 million on the books for Jared Allen. There's going to be $17 million on the books for Lowry Marketing. This doesn't include Isaac Okoro becoming extension eligible and some other deals and, and things you could make in that time. So I don't really have a number in mind. I think this is all just a really wait and see with Kevin. And let's, let's, let's like get to next year and mm-hmm. see what he looks like next year before we kind of dive too deep into this, I think. It's too hard to do so now. Yeah, you don't want to commit a bunch of money, like Chris said, and also you do have to take in consideration Darius Garland's extension, Isaac Coro is going to be extension eligible, like Chris said. Evan Mobley is probably going to get a max contract when his extension he's extension eligible. There's the Colin Sexton money, if the Cavs really want to retain him, or if they bring back comparable salary in a slide-and-trade scenario. Like, There's a little bit of stuff the Cavs kind of need to figure out with their books before they commit hardcore money to Kevin Love, but I've always been a proponent of 
at least now because everyone knows if you listen over the summer i was a big proponent of just waving and stretching him chris is just a big proponent of outright waving him because we didn't expect this from kevin love because this time last year we're both everyone is pretty down on him just physically like his achilles and his calf made him look shot the team usa stuff wasn't good but he's done a complete 180 on his career i think he's become super beneficial both on and off the court for the Cavs. so why not when you get to that point sign him to another contract i believe he is 32 right now i could be wrong He's he's thirty. Kevin Love is thirty three. Thirty three. Thirty four at the start of next. Thirty four, uh, in September of of next of this year before next season. Yeah, before next season. So he'll be thirty five entering his next contract. You could sign him to like a two three year deal and let him retire just as a Cavalier. Like I warm up to that idea. But like Chris said, you cross that bridge when you come. Well, I think you have to figure out the financials of like these key impact role players and also just your star players as well. And then you sign these key vets to either whatever money's left over and available, or you just kind of figure out, hey, let's find a way to make this work. Because I also think Kevin wants to be here, so I think he'd find a way to make it work work as well. Well, and I, and I think the other thing that is just is worth noting on this is that like when we when we and I think a lot of people said, okay, maybe the cat, and, and I'll say like I I thought they should just wave him. That's exactly right. It was because well, you both, it was you and I both like, did. I didn't, it was the debate of should you stretch yeah. or not. And you were yeah. team never yeah. stretch. Yeah. And I was team you should always stretch. Yeah, the vibes were so bad and toxic and not helpful and like there was no information that we had at the time. <clears throat> and like coming into this year, I don't think like there was any expectation that like Kevin was going to be this. And like, look, Kevin is not sustained. He has not necessarily been consistently as like as hot as you would. I mean, at least from a basketball perspective, as in the way you would kind of like. But Kevin is having like a year that you should feel like, I think, good about at his age. 57 games played. Hasn't really missed any time aside from, I believe, COVID. 22 minutes a night, which is a, a career low, but like it makes sense for his age and, and where he's at. He's accepted that bench roll. 42% from the field overall, which isn't great, but like kind of makes some sense as he's not. Uh, being as, as effective as an interior post player at this point. But shooting 38% from three, just under 39% on 6.3 attempts per game, like that to me makes sense as a thing you can build with with Kevin. If that's going to sustain and you can and you believe that you can cover with him in Mobley and Allen can cover for him and all that stuff, then I, I'm curious to see how far you could extend this relationship kind of going forward. Like... I, I and I I get I want to I would like to see what he wants at the end of next year. See where does where does Kevin Love? Yeah, does he want to kind of just be on a playoff team or does he want to play for like a championship? And like where are the Cavs at? Right, like we'll, we'll see where the Cavs are at in in that relative back and forth as well. There, there's just again a lot that has to unfold, so we'll 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 put a pin in that, and I think um, we will revisit it. You know. Come the fall and, and all of that. But Evan, you're now going to tell everyone about Rock Auto. When we come back, uh, we are going to dive into Moses Brown and some mid-level uh, exception targets. So first, tell us about Rock Auto. You're absolutely correct. This episode of Locked on Cast is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Winder often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts in their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. 
Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low and are for every customer. Rock Auto has everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So if you're interested, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on, and they're happy to hear about this box to know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Check them out today at rockauto.com. All right, last segment of the day. Chris Manning, Evan Demmel here. All right, uh, let's go to Moses Brown. The cab is, as first reported by Shams Sharani, confirmed by Evan, confirmed by Chris Fedor and others, uh, is signing to Cleveland on a 10-day contract. I found this out because a uh, friend of the program, Josh Link, had, we were texting about something, and he uh, asked me about Moses Brown, and then I went on Twitter and saw that that was why he asked me about it when Shams had reported, and I said, oh, yeah, doing great here. All right, so, probably uh, your death on the Discord, our Lockdown Cavs Discord asked us, so, seeing how an offensive-minded big can be useful in this time without Jared Allen, would a flyer on a guy like Moses Brown be a play? The answer, obviously, to that is yes. He says he may actually be more a hustle more than a guy like a Davis. I don't know about that, which seems impossible, and he has a good bit of moves with his back to the basket. Eh, okay. The problem is his defense, and we know how bad that's looked for. He's saying us, and I'm not saying us recently. I mean, I just don't think Moses Brown is more than minutes filler. Yeah, I, no. I I don't have expectation other than he's gonna like maybe play for Ed Davis in those 50, 10, 15 minutes. Tonight. I think he's gonna soap up some of Ed Davis's minutes. I JB Bickerstaff also is a um, creature of habit and he likes veterans a lot. Brandon Goodwin didn't get a single minute in Rajon Rondo's return. Rondo soaked up ten backup guard minutes and Garland going nuclear just kind of eliminated the need for either of those two. But I would imagine Davis still gets minutes in the rotation. I think Moses Brown, like I said, just out of necessity because Ed Davis is, even though he's three years older than me, is an older NBA player, and you don't want to burn Evan Mobley out. And you have a young, athletic, big, could provide you interior scoring, defense, some rim protection as well, and also um, rebounding. That's the big thing here. And I don't know. It's an intriguing play to look at maybe long term maybe you find a way to finagle him down to the charge because he was with the texas legends when he was a lot when he was with the mavericks recently and he spent a lot of time in the oklahoma city blue before he kind of had those statement games for the thunder when he like put up 20 and 23 against the celtics um and i joke saying like that that a man from the 1800s is time traveled to modern day nba times and is just putting up absolute dominant numbers because moses brown is a hilarious name in itself just when you think about it but um I don't think he has a ton of upside. Like, in the grand scheme of things, like, come playoff time, um, he won't play. But this is more than, like, signing the Cavs, signing, like, Eddie Tavares and Walter puts up, like, career numbers that are now franchise records. But other than that, I don't think you'd see much. He's just going to probably sign a 10-day, uh, maybe sign an additional 10-day with the Cavs. And then after that, the Cavs have to sign him for the remainder of the season. I don't see them using their last roster spot on that. They'll just maintain fluidity. Hell, maybe they wave Brown only a couple days into his 10-day deal instead of guard instead because Garland needs more support. There's some options here the Cavs could use. I mean, like, Brandon Knight wouldn't be a player. I wouldn't be opposed to them taking a 10-day stab at as well. But they just kind of have to cobble this together and hold it together until they can get Jared Allen back until they can get to the playoffs. Yeah, just good defensive rebounder based on his numbers last year. Um, offense last year in his minutes, and he hasn't really played a ton this year, but had good offensive rebounding numbers as well. Uh, the concern is that he's seven foot one and he shot fifty eight percent at the rim last year, including this year, including the glass, and fifty nine percent this year and more last year in more regular minutes. Uh, not a good. I don't think a particularly good defender. Again, I think this is like minutes filler. I like. I I also just like. 
I get why you do this on a 10 day, right? Like I, and I kind of think if you're just trying to like limit the minutes of Mobley to some degree, maybe, and you're trying to not have to like overly rely on Ed Davis for backup center minutes and you want to just like try younger body to, and maybe replicate some of the, maybe Darius can, can juice him a little bit with some lobs. I can see how you, how you make the signing. It is low risk. Doesn't have a ton of impact and no. um, we'll see if he even, even plays or not. Okay. Last yeah, question. That's the thing. He may not even play either. Like Tim Frazier was supposed to be the option when Rondo Lavert and then Garland was looking, was out and Tim Frazier didn't play at all for the Cavs. Like he played garbage minutes and that's pretty much it. Yes. All right. Last question of the day from Kitten Paw in the Lockdown Caps Discord. Emily targets this offseason. So, Evan, this to me is not a great for NG class. Um, I liked one of the names uh, you suggested, the... but I will counteract it. Okay. So, I think skill wise, I think you'd be, I, I would start there. I think it's looking for three and D type players to the extent that that kind of player that every team in the, in the world wants is even readily available. The names that I put out there Gary Harris. Daniel House, who's been pretty good for Utah since signing there. And then Bruce Brown, who's at 38% on three this year for Brooklyn and is a unrestricted free agent uh, this summer. Those are the three names I came up with. What do you think? I like Gary Harris. I think he's attainable. I think Daniel House is also an attainable player. Um, Bruce Brown's just a guy who I've been jokingly talking to you about quite a bit. Where uh, If J.B. Bickerstaff had like total team control or like input on the roster, like uh, – you would see him playing Isaac Okoro, Bruce Brown, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen, and then, like, somebody at point just to kind of clamp down opposing teams. Like, I like Bruce Brown a lot as a player, but I think since he's a little younger, his skill set's really good. I think he's going to get priced out from the Cavs for MLE target. I also just think he's going to get priced out of re-signing the Brooklyn. But, hell, what do I know? He could also re-sign at the Nets. But Gary Harris is a player I've always been intrigued with. I, um... Wouldn't be opposed to keeping him around. Um, the MLE is, you can obviously break it up into pieces and sign multiple players to it, but it is tricky. Um, the Cavs have had the MLE a few times, and they have seldom, if not ever, used it. So it's also just like track record-wise, you don't really think much about it. But those three you outlined are just kind of the three I think of, too. And it's like 3 and D wings. It's a very, very much-needed commodity in today's NBA something the Cavs direly lack and just need at this point, especially if they really want to level up and continue their trajectory right now. But Bruce Brown would be my first pick, but I don't think the Cavs can get him, so I'd be fine with House or Harris. Yeah, I, I think Harris would be the one that I, I guess if, if House does kind of get more money or like maybe use like the full name, I think you maybe could get Harris like in theory for like less than uh, the, the full mid-level. And look, I, I just think this is... This, to me, is like the clear way I would approach for agency if I'm Cleveland next year. You want to find competition for uh, – Pat Connaughton, by the way, if he turns down his player option with, with Milwaukee, maybe would be another option I yeah. would I would look at as well. Um, but we'll see what, what happens there. But, like, I think you are looking to just support the guys you have. And it is – you have Darius Garland, who's going to be a ball-dominant guard, who's going to space for you, but is going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Evan Mobley and Jared Allen are bigs. Evan Mobley's shot could loosen a lot of things up and allow for some more um, choices to be made. But, like, you know, he it's two bigs. Isaac Okoro is a wing rotation player, Does is not a plus shooter, is not uh, much of an offensive threat at this point. We'll see if, if and when that can change. Um, you know, the, the guys you have as depth pieces right now, Dean Wade is a shooter, but is kind of been inconsistent and Lamar Stevens is I think been pretty solid when he's played but is also uh, lacking from, from a shooting perspective Karis Levert is someone you brought in and you know will be under contract next year is not a, a three-point shooter and that plays the ball in his hands you and then like Colin Sexton is another guy that like you know will provide some of this stuff and he can kind of be a 
a, a, a kind of a different version of this, a spark plug kind of piece. Mm-hmm. But like, I th- I think like this rotation could use one more wing, and like whether that's like point guard behind Garland too. Yeah, I, I but I, I think I would try to find like that player like. I, I think I think you take a flyer maybe, maybe in the draft. Three. If you try and package those two second rounders, maybe get back late into the first and grab somebody, that might be a viable path for them for a point. Or like maybe you maybe what you do is like you split this into like maybe you or like maybe you split this, you go get a veteran kind of veterans and you use that thirty seventh pick to um to find like to find someone with that pick. I mean like right now that could be like you know, key like Tankathon has Kian Ellis there, like you know, there's the Malachi Branham from Ohio State is in that range. Like Max Christie from Michigan State is a six-seven guard in that range. You could find like I think what you want to do really with 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 the MLE for next season and with the, with the draft picks that you have is I think keep adding depth. I think this Cavs team is like weak. It, it not not weak. That's the wrong word. It is lacking depth. Yeah. It is lacking depth at key positions. Real roster depth. Yeah, and it, and it is also like. I think depth that accentuates what the best players in the team do. Mm-hmm. No, I absolutely agree. Um, one last thing to float past you, which how would you feel about Tyus Jones? If he doesn't, he's an unrestricted free agent and he doesn't resign with Memphis. I'd be okay with that. I, 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 yeah, I, I think he's steady. I think he's fine. Um, I'm gonna look up his numbers. He's fairly inoffensive. I think he'd be a solid complimentary guard. I think he's averaging like, six points and a couple assists in 20 minutes per game but i could be wrong on that one yeah i would if you're looking at the guys that are potentially available from memphis i would prefer him over kyle anderson i think just from a skill set yeah, so he's averaging eight points two rebounds four assists he's averaging those eight points on 45 percent of shooting he's hitting 35 percent of his three pointers and he's doing this in 20.3 minutes per game so it's not terrible he has been predominantly coming off the bench for memphis and i wonder just with how expensive things are going to start getting for the Grizzlies soon, that he kind of gets phased out of their long-term plans. Also, like, didn't stick with the, the Wolves and got traded to the Grizzlies and has been there for three seasons now. The, the only thing that I would say about him that would make me wonder if they look for in a different direction is just the size perspective. Yeah. The, the the backup point guard the Cavs had success with this year was Ricky Rubio, and they're not gonna, maybe Rubio comes back in, in in some way or whatever. But like he was a bigger guard who played big as a guard. This is a guy that like his offense. I I think like really the, the big impact from Rio was his defense and his intangibles on that end of the floor and his size. He plays like a bigger guard, and I think if you want to go find a backup point guard, there's not a ton well, of them. Delon like this, Wright's available. But, He's six five. Yeah, and Delon Wright's like fine. I I think that's the kind of thing I would I would be going for in a backup point guard. You could, I, like if you if you gave me like Delon Wright, you take a player you want to maybe try to play next year, or at least develop in the G League at thirty seven, and you and you get one of these other wings for like the other part of it. I think if you could do some combination of this stuff, it's it's it'd be an interesting offseason. Yeah, no, it really would be interesting to think what the Cavs can do with this offseason. I just think their hands are just tied financially. I know we talked about Kevin Love sticking here long-term, but his contract still is eating up a substantial part of Cleveland's cap space, and that kind of limits what some of the moves they can make are, but also it's not that great of a free agency class to begin with, so it doesn't seem that the Cavs would be huge movers and shakers in that one either. But who knows? The Cavs are also a team where when we think they're going right, they actually go left. They commonly will scope the free agency market. If it's not what they want, they'll just go make a trade to acquire a player. That's how they got Rubio. Rondo's out of necessity. That's how they got Jamal McGee a few years or two years ago when there was like no good backup centers on the market. So they did a Kobe Altman special guarantee the contracts of two non-guaranteed players. 
and and Jordan Bell and Alfonso McKinney and flipped them for JaVale McGee in a second round pick. So like there's avenues and options. Maybe you look at teams that are a little more strapped for cash and the Cavs might make a move with like Dean Wade or Lamar Stevens contract. Maybe not Stevens just because of how important he is culturally to this team. But you need to maybe crack a few of these eggs at the end of your rotation if you want to bring in like a meaningful depth piece for your long-term aspirations. Yeah, I would be fed. The summer will be really interesting. This is the team that will obviously, I think, want to take a step forward this year. And these moves around the margins, um, it, like the two things that are going to define next season in terms of the roster is going to be the continued development of Garland and Mobley, the Sexton situation, and the stuff they move on the edges. Those are the three things to keep an eye out as we go forward. All right, that is going to be it, though, for this episode of Lockdown Cast for Thursday, March 10th. We'll be back on Friday. Well, I will be back on Friday with Wes Goldberg. We're doing a little crossover with Lockdown Heat. Me and Wes going to talk about Cavs Heat for Friday, talk about the East playoff picture. I've also goaded him in, uh, made him promise to talk about Tyler Hero versus Kevin Love as a six-man of the year Good. conversation. I, I just want to have the conversation, you know. Um. We'll see what we think about that, but that's going to be a fun one. Uh, Evan, anything you want to plug? It writes on Euclid before we uh, get No, on? I have something coming Thursday morning, like I mentioned, so when the story comes out, just go check it out over there. It's right down euclid.bulletin.com. Also, don't let Chris make a bunch of burners, because that'll probably get us in trouble if locked on at YouTube. So subscribe to us on YouTube, and you'll see me dry swallow a scoop of this delicious athletic green, which is like... I honestly do look forward to drinking it in the morning, but it is, it's good stuff. Really happy with it, especially the little tincture of the uh, vitamins they sent me as well. So, yeah, if you get us to 1.5K before next Friday or by next Friday, I promise you I will dry swallow this. We'll chase it with water, obviously, but still. It's going to be it's gonna be an experience. It'll be the end of the episode. It'll be a good thumbnail for Chris if you just coughing a green puff of dust in the air. So, yeah. Anyway, that's going to be it. Just be well, be hydrated, especially be hydrated if you're, be kind to yourself, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on uh, Unlocked on Caps.